0: Hello, you frisky fellows. You know who this is, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. I'm Zach, your host of the Oxoral podcast, The Voice of Music, where we dive deep and deconstruct the stories of music artists, industry pros, and others to answer the question, what the hell makes us human? This week's episode is brought to you by The Ox. Now, what is The Ox, you ask? The Ox is a compact weekly newsletter bringing you the five coolest things that we come across each week. These little nuggets of knowledge, nuggets of coolness, whatever you want to call them, can range anything from art and life hacks to recipes and workout tips. That's right, I'm calling you fat. Every week we discover some information or tools that enhance our lifestyle and we would love nothing more than to share these things with all of you. Nothing is better than cool shit, especially cool shit that's free, which this newsletter will always be. If you're ready to take your cool to the next level, at least our version of cool, You can subscribe to the newsletter with the link in the description of this podcast or visit auxoro.com slash aux. That's A-U-X. Now on to the real reason you all came here, Arizona, the band, not the state. Arizona would want me to tell you that they're just three normal guys, Zach, Nate, and David, who make music as a medium to connect with people. All three grew up in New Jersey, and as you'll soon learn, there's a very important distinction between North Jersey and the southern part of the state. Early on, Zach, Nate, and David broke into the industry as songwriters and producers, making music for other artists, a more behind-the-scenes, day-to-day approach. Somewhere along that line, the guys hit a low point in production and were considering getting full-time jobs outside of music. In the depths of that dark place, they made a song called Let Me Touch Your Fire. They didn't mean for it to turn into anything, But the people responded and all of a sudden, Arizona found themselves on the other side of the glass. In Zach's words, we got home and decided to make something with no bounds, requirements, goals, or marks. We just wanted to create for the sake of creating. In this episode, Arizona dives deep into the mentality behind their creative process, how they dug themselves out of that dark place, building a makeshift studio in a Toyota Corolla Touring with Panic at the Disco, who they're about to go back on tour with, and the realities of being full-time music artists. So let us touch your fire with this episode as we take you into the story behind the music. That was a metaphor. If we actually touched your fire, I would endure third-degree burns, and I received no medical insurance through Oxoro. So without further ado, here's our wide-ranging conversation with Arizona. Now recording balls. Recording balls. Yes. Stick and balls. Lots of that sack. Balls thick. Sack. sack. Can't forget the sack. Um, Separate, ve- obviously different thing. Sorry, no,
1: podcast sorry. over. Ve- <laughs> veiny, yeah, podcast. <laughs> veiny shafts. So
2: oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sorry. It could go. Just, Lots of
2: different fucking ways today, gentlemen. Whatever happens
0: on the podcast,
1: whatever, days, on whatever on happens
2: the, in this room stays in this room. Yes, yeah. and also on oh, the internet. Is there diet cream school
1: Shasta anywhere? Okay.
2: Oh, it's no. This is like regular. Like before we officially started
0: recording, we had a very in-depth conversation on the difference between jams, preservatives. And Preserves. spreads. And jelly. And, and jelly. And, and Nate was kind enough to enlighten where us. Where does marmalade sit on this spectrum?
1: You know, that's a good
3: question. Yeah. I forgot
0: about marmalade.
3: Um, I think the marmalade, marmalade honest, is, I a don't spread. think, to be honest, I don't consider myself uh, educated enough in marmalades to comment on this. I don't want to offend anyone. I think the
1: differentiator in marmalade, and I'm just off the cuff here, might be the pieces of uh, the rind.
3: Maybe. I mean, but isn't that like similar to what a preserve would be? Because you can only do marmalade with citrus. <clears throat> Just so, like uh, Paddington. It's his favorite. Marmalade. So
0: maybe the preservative is just the fruit and then the marmalade is the fruit and you know, the rind.
3: These days, we are gifted S- with technology. specific
0: to citrus. To Google. Yes, we, we can look this up what as we're going. What is the difference between I mean, the
1: But just be warned that it's, what you I'm look sure. up online is what the jam jelly marmalade preserve complex would like you to believe. Yeah.
0: Googling is great for a podcast, so, by the way. Yeah, <clears throat> whatever. Yeah, he's he's right. Whatever you're looking up could be propaganda from the jam. True, true. Preservative companies. You just never know. You could get jammed, like in Parks and Rec. Marmalades wow. are usually <clears throat> made of
3: citrus fruits and contain pieces of the peel suspended in a transparent jar. Wow, peel. So yeah, for the, the big
2: difference here is citrus and rind. Wait, wait, why does it have to be a transparent jar? So, so you, you can see, see what's it. inside
0: of it. But if it's not in a transparent jar, is it not marmalade? <laughs> no, then you're uh, getting to spread territory and that's yeah, yeah. not wow. where you want to be. Okay. You
1: really just want to make sure that, you know, you're on point with it.
0: Okay. So now now that we have that cleared up, yes. I think a good place to start for this discussion. I have no idea where this is going to go, by the way, so based on the topics. Of, so speaking of speaking jam. Speaking of marmalade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of this impeccable <clears throat> transition. Speaking of the differences between jam and marmalade. I think a great place to start for this conversation would be New Jersey.
2: And Mm. I was
0: speaking with Zach beforehand. I was also listening and doing a bunch of research on you guys before this actual podcast. And I know all three of you are from New Jersey and have ties to Jersey, specifically the Glen Rock area. Yeah. How did all three of you come together even before Arizona? And at what point in your lives did two or three of you meet? Because I know, it was it Zach?
2: And... It was kind of staggered. Yeah. Okay, Dave and yeah. I grew up together up in Bergen County. So like up in a little bit more Northern Jersey. And we spent like a good amount of our like teenage years together. And then a few apart because he went to college and I went off and did some stuff. And then we didn't meet Nate. Well, Dave and Nate—it's met. It's this big thing. But essentially, Dave and I grew up together in Jersey. Nate also grew up in Jersey, but they—we all got together in Boston because they both went to school in Boston. Yeah, I'm, from, schools, I'm from
0: the but. cooler part of Jersey.
2: Listen, here's you know, this, here's is, a, I'm this gonna, is a good time to clarify the enlightened part of New Jersey that knows yeah, about exactly. the differences
0: between marmalade and preserves. Exactly.
2: Here's that's what I'm saying. Here, but here's here's the one thing we can agree on. Let's just squash that for a fucking get started. We all say Taylor ham. That's all that's really important. Yeah. Here. And we don't say pork roll.
1: Don't say pork roll
2: at all. If you don't know, just Google it. But it's called Taylor ham, not pork roll. That might
0: have to be another one of our side Googles during this it's podcast because like, I've mm-hmm. never
2: heard that before. That
0: is... For, it's a breakfast, detriment it's, it's a breakfast meat and me, it's okay. only in New Jersey. Let me
2: give
1: you a parallel. Me do, a picture you say, of Taylor do you ham. say, will you hand me a facial tissue or do you say, will you <laughs> hand me a Kleenex? <laughs>
3: Kleenex, ah, so, sure. tissue. 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 Tissue? Yeah. To be fair, most people say tissue. Listen,
0: okay. here, just, so, let me give you another. <laughs> I just, I just,
3: it's, all it's
0: not rocket within five feet of me usually. Yeah, that's I'm, a… If, yeah. I'm, if I'm outside. If I'm inside, then if no one's looking. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Depends on if the carpet's already yeah. shitty enough, you yeah. know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> it looks like Canadian bacon. But no, I get what you're saying though. So Taylor yeah. Ham is the company that's now synonymous with pork rolls like it's become y- yes famous taylor yes.
2: taylor pork roll is i think officially what it says on the package but it's called taylor ham in north jersey and in south jersey they still refer to it as pork roll and so obviously if you're from like actual new jersey right mm-hmm. you say taylor ham and then if you're from what's essentially basically the extension of philadelphia uh you say pork roll
3: all right let's not let's not be that mean. south <laughs> jersey they're cooler
2: than philly <clears throat> they are cooler than philly i than mean Actually, that's, yeah, not, true. that's, than that's not true. That's not true, then. That's what I meant yeah, to say. I meant to say Philly's Philly. cooler than South like, Jersey. So it looks like Canadian. No, I'm sorry, Philly. It, it, looks like, South Jersey. it looks like Canadian bacon, but that's where it stops. It's not mm-hmm. like Canadian bacon at all.
0: But it's it just looks close. like Canadian
2: bacon. It's a, it's a round. So, yeah.
0: What would happen if you ordered a pork roll in Northern Jersey? If you asked for a pork roll? Oh, they'll still give it to you, but they might give you a funny look and go, huh? You mean yeah. Taylor
3: Ham?
1: They give you that sort of reaction that makes you question your entire existence.
0: Yeah. Like looking into your soul and... Yeah, Seem I mean, that's through the whole you. thing, through your the whole thing about North yep.
1: Jersey is yep. like the, the sort of search for authenticity and truth that happens in on a regular basis just by virtue of snarkiness and Which the right kind of look is unparalleled.
2: hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, I mean, if you're a godless fucking heathen, you call it pork roll, that's fine. But. I also lied. It's not fine. because uh, it's Taylor <laughs> Ham. So, you know, it's it, it's one I of mean, the few things. I mean, if you want things, to burn in hell. Dude, it's, it's one of the few things that we have. And everyone's always like, oh, you're from Jersey, like the Jersey Shore. And you're like, nah, that's not really it. The Jersey Shore is very far from all of us where we live in, in real New Jersey. And... um, the real topic in, in Jersey is not uh, the Jersey shirt. It's Taylor Ham. And Taylor Ham is so specific to New Jersey that if you cross the George Washington Bridge and you come into New York City and order a Taylor Ham egg and cheese sandwich, they have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. And we're talking decades and decades and decades of culture living essentially right next to each other and being very similar to one another. And Taylor Ham has still never escaped the border of well, the state.
1: It, it never crossed the Hudson. like the funny thing is you could go via like Rockland County or like Nanuet area yeah, and you could still <clears throat> sometimes up until you hit the Tappan Z. Yeah. So yeah. it's like it's bordered by the Hudson.
3: Yeah. Well, funny enough, I've heard like it has to do with them like not wanting
2: to distribute more than they already are. Yeah, it's quite possible. It's, a, it's probably not as you big know, my, of a company. Uh, as...
3: No, uh, my, my roommate was looking at opening a food truck in LA where he would serve like, cause he's also from Jersey, we would serve Taylor Ham. So I hit them up and he was like, hey guys, I want to like, you know, start like, you know, Ask you as like be a distributor like like I'm gonna start like buying like a bunch of ham they're like nah we're not interested in any more new business
1: thank
0: you yeah wow yeah they just want to keep it a well kept yeah I suppose
1: so not not cross the lines we were in Arizona. Playing in Tucson,
2: and there was one place across one the street spot. from the venue that that was like a Jersey themed place. Out. Yeah, and you can get Taylor Ham there. But I'm sorry, I'm sure there's
0: no. That's actually uh, a perfect segue to what I was going to eventually get into, which is stereotypes from New Jersey. Because oh, great. as someone from New York, Long Island, Long Island, I'm very familiar with the people or with stereotypes that people from outside of new york have about new yorkers which some are true and some are false like all stereotypes coming from new jersey what are the biggest misconceptions about people from new jersey or the state of new jersey like you were alluding to before the geography of the jersey shore and what are the biggest stereotypes that have a lot of truth to them that if you hear them you're like i can't argue with that so like
3: new jersey doesn't smell bad Let's start there. Okay, so New, New Jersey, Jersey, Jersey contains does
1: not smell like bad. The, the top the like, smell, 12 richest well, counties in all of
0: America.
3: Well, people like, always say smell bad. I'm convinced it's just like coming from New York getting blown oh, onto our side. That yeah. is a New York. Thing. Like from people Stan. from New York
0: think that New Jersey smells yeah. bad. that's yeah. something I learned from a, a young age that so, was ingrained yeah. in me.
1: It's green pastures in New Jersey. Yeah. Where the gardens stay for a reason. Yeah. Did you know that all of the Borgata casinos get their produce from a farm that they own in New Jersey? yeah that's true like we actually true. are the Garden State farm fresh wow
2: And Across uh, the Borgada. The, the thing is is that everyone always goes oh New Jersey New Jersey the fuck is that New Jersey <laughs> who the fuck says that who talks like that in New Jersey you know who talks like that anywhere it's like maybe a fucking 1930s mob movie that took place in Queens <laughs> it's it's, it's <laughs> the like, Sopranos yeah, I was gonna and say the Sopranos yeah. <laughs> yeah but like what the fuck like no one talks like that in New Jersey like you know but you know here's the other thing and you so you're from Long Island Mm-hmm. right so jake our manager's from long island and we we grow up in new jersey with this massive sort of mystery surrounding both philadelphia and long island um if you're from south jersey it doesn't count because you're basically philadelphia but the point is if you're from like real new jersey where we're from long island is like what i don't really i know the LI, you know i know that i but i've never really been to long island mm-hmm. maybe once for like a family thing that i don't remember because i was six like you just don't you know what i mean And also same thing with Philadelphia. You're just like, yeah, Philly sucks. Fuck Philly. Also, I guess by proxy, fuck Long Island, right? Whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, right? Like, so we went on. So our manager's from Long Island, and we also are a band. So we tour, right? So we would go hang out in Long Island, in Long Island at at his place sometimes, right? And then also we go on tour to Philly. And going to both of those places, we realized, no. Long Island looks just like New Jersey and you guys are actually like very similar to us. Philly, you guys actually party pretty fucking hard and you're really, really cool people. You know, you show the same kind of affection, which is obviously just very rude. And, and, you know, like if you meet somebody and they're like, who the fuck is this guy? And you're like, this guy's all right. You know, and, and like, so, um, you realize, no, the real enemy is Manhattan, right? Because that's why we're... So, South Jersey and Manhattan are the two real fucking enemies. If it wasn't for South Jersey, we can get to Philly very easily, right? But no. Everybody's got to go to Point Fucking Pleasant, right? On the turnpike, right? And it takes you an hour longer than it should to get to Philly. So, you don't go there. And who the fuck wants to drive through Manhattan and add an extra hour to get to Long Island? So, you just never go and you never hang out there. But then if you get... If you find yourself there at some point, you meet people from there, you're like, wow. Wow. Wow, so New Jersey and Manhattan really are just like the worst places ever because South Jersey is just nothing but beaches that are I don't know. pretty So many Manhattan year-round. is the, the source of the hatred between. You know, I think I think we're, if we're talking about parts. transportation, yeah, and
1: transportation, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I think we all derive this sort of aggression and pace from
0: being
2: Manhattan adjacent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's terrible to drive through. I mean, yeah, the city's a great. City. There's a there's a
0: similar am dynamic I South between. I guess what you would call Long Island and Manhattan up to Westchester and then upstate New York because Mm. people that, most people that are from Long Island and Manhattan consider pretty much everything above Westchester, like upstate. Like Mm. if someone tells you, (laughs) I'm from like, up yeah. somewhere, but I don't even know the names. Yeah, towns, yeah. It's all from, but, like, I'm from Middletown. Like, it's yeah, like, and you're yeah. like, oh, that's upstate. And they're like, no, actually, it's like below the, yeah, you're like, the middle from... line of New
2: York. Exactly. And I'm like, well, you're above Westchester. No, it's so like that's for
1: us, it's like we're we're close to upstate New York, right? Yeah, and we call it. We definitely call it upstate,
2: dude. I think like Rockland is where it stops for me. If you're north of Rockland, that's it. You're upstate New yeah, York, like you're you Canada. Yeah, yeah. No, I used to. I used to play, yeah, you're fucking Canada. Well, I mean,
1: first of all, Canada's lit. Can we talk about this for a second? Yeah,
2: Canada's pretty. Canada's lit. But no, but there is a difference though, because like, if you're like, yeah, like, so I used to live for a short period of time, like near Middletown in a place called Wartsboro, which is up like New York 17, like, old, I guess, whatever, New York Route 17 all the way up there. It's like an hour and a half out. You take like 287 up to 17 and go out. And that was upstate for me, right? But people up there are like, this isn't upstate. It's not the fucking Adirondacks. And you're like, "Well, it looks like the Adirondacks. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, it's not. So like, but I feel you on that one. So, and see, this is what I'm saying. Like, those are the common things that we have, you know, Jersey and Long Island kids and Philly kids. Like, you know, we all look at these weird areas and we have the same ideas and the same boundaries and the same things, you know, but, uh, you know, and it all feeds
0: off of each other. You learn yeah. these things when you're younger and then the stereotypes get, perpetuated
1: we become unnecessarily indoctrinated
2: yeah 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 and it's you know what and and that's the thing right so 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 we're we're a band and this is a podcast about arizona and releasing you know we're releasing new music this week and we're doing all this stuff and we're going on tour and and we're a band and you know here's a thing and check out our band but we're just kids from jersey you know and like (laughs) Being, but, ch- but check out their band. But out But check, out, <laughs> <Yeah>. but check <laughs> out the band, right?: Tyke link is, in the description. But yeah. you know, and, and, and that's what it is, but it's funny because like no one else would get this, except kids like from the New York, New Jersey, like the Tri states where yeah. they like, no one else would get this, that like this is the real shit to talk about. Like these are the real issues they got to get ironed out. Yeah, we're dropping new music. We're a fucking band. Of course, we're dropping new music all the time, but has anyone ever had Taylor Ham? Yeah, And if you don't if you don't know what that is then what's the point, right? Let's share the well, culture, I lo- you know?
1: I would say like here, this is an open invitation, you know? Come to North Jersey.
2: You guys
0: are going to come have Taylor Ham. And come and this. get yourself some Taylor Ham. We we'll go have Taylor Ham. Seriously. But then again, happen. I love when artists and anyone else we have on the podcast talks about those little intricacies from where they're from. Like we had another very talented artist on the podcast, R. Lamar, who was talking about some things from where he grew up in in Florida. And he was like, I know there's, Maybe 30 people that are going to know what I'm talking about right now, but I right. just want that person that hopefully listens to this episode when you put it out to like know what I'm talking about. Like, that's yeah. enough for me. Like, that one person yeah. just like, oh shit. Like, yeah, I went to that school that he just shouted out or like that deli across the street. So, there's,
1: there's one spot that deserves the shout out
0: John's Boy Pizzeria. I've heard you guys mention John's Boy multiple times. It was in, in the, multiple it, interviews, it
2: was literally on our um, single art for summer days at the bottom at the bottom of it it said um, made with love like a slice of johns boy pizza yeah and and it's like the best pizzeria in like all of jersey and it's it's I think just a
1: funny thing is we we needed to get le- legal clearance to do that
2: yeah <laughs> yeah they were like can we clear this this is a business right and we were like yeah it's umberto and his wife like, we, they knew us when we were children, like, so we called them, we sent, or we like, somebody sent them, like, an email, it went through, like, you know, just, like, corporate shit, you know, they got an email, we got, like, we, like, asked for their email, and it was probably something at, like, CompuServe.fuckingnet or some bullshit, and they, you know what I mean, like, it's a, whatever, and it got sent to them, and it was just, like, some email back, it was beautiful, it was, like, uh, because this is a small town, man, this is small town stuff, like, the, the address for this place is two something and a half. And it's shaped like, like a pizza Rock, slice. Rock road, yeah, like, the building itself. it's literally itself. a wedge. Wow. And the email back was, like hooray, we love the boys. You absolutely have so and so, and it sounded all professional for a second. You know, then it was like, love you guys, like, congrats, <laughs> mama, whatever. And it's like the, like the legal department, so you know what I mean. Like, and and that type of shit is these uh, lawyers
0: getting all mushy and shit. It's
2: just what makes you who you are, and I think that's the uh, the coolest part about like doing this as three homies that kind of became a band by accident that have just been best friends for a long time, It's like, you're making music, but, like... Well, speaking
0: of the accident, another yeah. flawless transition from Zach. Um, I'm out here, fam. <laughs> yeah. I'm out here
2: all day. I'm just yeah. gonna softball them into you all fucking day. You uh,
0: Good goal You me. guys did not, from my understanding, start out as artists in the music industry. There was a period where you were more the behind-the-scenes guys on the other side of the glass, yeah, working in production, making music for other people. And from the things that I've read, you sounded like you hit sort of a low point in that production phase making music for other people and had this sort of catharsis rock bottom moment that led to the song let me touch your fire can you kind of walk me through that period before this catharsis rock bottom moment and what drove you guys to continue through that because most people you know if Including myself, if you're doing something for a long time and you feel like you're at that low point, it may be time to go in another direction or find something else to do. Maybe something completely different outside of music because yeah. you feel so pummeled to the ground. Which, which almost happened for all of us as well.
1: I was, I was already at that point. Yeah. So I was actually working in advertising, making television commercials like Olive Garden.
0: Mm-hmm. Bread, unbelievable breadsticks was that you? I, mean, I knew all about breadsticks the angles like, for the breadsticks all you, can those eat. Angles, you know those angles the glossy quick the fact fuck? quick fact uh, <laughs> unbelievable they, um, <laughs> breadsticks
1: whatchamacallit yeah. quick fact they uh, they still shoot all their commercials on uh, film which is wild That's, or at least when we, I was working just with
0: them. them and Christopher Nolan <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where they get the film to shoot with but um, what call it?
2: probably Christopher Nolan you know what honestly <laughs> yeah.
1: like I know these guys were in a tough place like I was financially finally chilling.
2: But, I was,
1: oh man. <laughs> like, or like getting there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I was finally at a place where I could tell my mom like, hey, like, I could definitely make my student loan payment. You know what I mean? And so like, things were like, okay, but then you you go through the regular sort of thing and it's like, the money's not enough anymore. Like the money's not what I'm there for.
2: Right? Mm, mm, like,
1: mm. It's like, the the soul is dying even if like my wallet's okay.
2: Damn, bro, it's fucking deep. Damn, son. Damn, bro. Shit. Yeah, that's that that's not dissimilar to where Nate and I were as well, because you know, we Nate and I um left Boston. Uh first I went out to LA and then Nate the following year came out and that or the end of that year came out to stay with me for like a month ended up staying there and we were working, we were working sort of under or just with a friend of ours named PJ and PJ is one of the current sort of Arizona crew mm-hmm. members. You know what I mean? Like he's, um he, he was our mentor growing up. He hates us saying that cause he thinks it makes him sound fucking old, but he's like a, he's been a big brother to, to, to us for like a very, very, very long time. Taught us everything we know about, you know, producing and, and music and shit like that and really kind of gave us our, our in. To to doing all this stuff, um, because he sort of had a break, and then we, you know, would always well, just keep in touch with him and whatever. And Nate and I were living in LA with PJ, uh, well, on our own in a studio apartment. We were sharing a studio apartment, living you know, living out there and, and running a studio that you know that PJ had, and we were doing just projects for people. You know, people would come out every now and then. It would be a cool band that we were just trying to develop and, and make some good music for that we had that we enjoyed. Um, But most of the time it wasn't. Most of the time it was people that just wanted to pay to have an EP done. You get out there and you just fucking basically kick Pro Tools until it kicks out an EP. And uh, in a way, it's sharpening your craft because you're taking people who... I mean, no offense, but if we're just talking about our experience, you're taking people who are not necessarily like super amazingly skilled musicians and artists and singers and shit and like, but they're, they're paying you for a fucking EP, man. And you have to deliver something that they're they're gonna be willing to be like, yeah, I'll keep your lights on this month. And that's difficult. It makes it makes it all, all the all the worse sometimes to go in there and bang your head over that for 15 hours and then have no energy to spend any of that creativity anywhere else. So that was happening same time Dave was back east doing that, you know, do it working in, in ads and stuff like that and um and and broadcast. So Nate and I, one night after doing one of those long days and sessions we ended up staying late instead of going home <clears throat> we we stayed late and said uh you want to just like jam for a little bit just open up a new session blank fucking page just just jam um and we did and i put a little chord progression down nate started laying some cool riffs on it you know guitar stuff and yada and then like we i just you know i went in, in, into the other the track the live room and, and laid some scratch vocals down and we just put it together that night, you know, and it became let me touch your fire, because the next day we sent it to Dave. And then he was like, Oh, what you, who's this for? What are you working on? And he was like well, it's not for anything. We just made it for fun. We just wanted to share it with you. It was it was serendipitous actually, because yeah. like uh that night you guys
1: FaceTimed me after you sent it. It wasn't that late West Coast time, but it was super late East Coast time. And um at that point I was working on a project, all the drives failed. It was a disaster. Like, I had to deliver the next day. So I'm, like, at the office, four, five in the morning, like, reattaching all this stuff. Yeah. Like, drinking all the liquor that's in the closet. Because, like, I was like, I'm here super late, whatever. <laughs> like, And then, uh, yeah, I get this FaceTime. And that's when, like, we, we kind of had this loose discussion of, like, I was definitely like, who is this for? And he was like, it's just... Us, man. And it was kind of awkward for us. Because we were so used to delivering our creative. Like this idea of like
2: doing something for ourselves and like being laughable. You know? People shut that shit down all the time. All the time. You know? It's like when you're doing… Had you brought it up before then? Before you made Let Me Touch Your Fire? Like possibly trying to become an artist? Not at all. Like we we were never, ever, 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 ever trying to be an artist. Like, you know, we'd have moments where we would make songs without client maybe the right word or just you know th- there was no deliverable you know that's like we we would make stuff just as demos and see if we can get them pitched and 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 land them somewhere on an album or something and we would make those together and you know it's a little bit more aimless in getting something out by the end of the week but you know we would put little little things together here and there but like our whole goal always was to be even the three of us when we were living in in Boston man our goal was always to have like um uh, a development company or like a media company because we do all the the film stuff, we do the music stuff. You know, it's like Dave. Dave still runs all the design I mean, for us. This, this music video
0: that we're putting out. Well, when is the podcast coming out? It's not going to come out until after the music video, probably a week, week and a half. Backtrack. So this music video that we just put out, I
1: actually finished cutting. But
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're yeah, still yeah. super heavily involved in all of
1: it. It's like, just
2: a it's a big thing that we, for us. To do I was reading you stuff. guys do a lot of the
0: stuff in-house like the light show you know nate you majored in audio engineering yeah and you have experience on tv commercials like you were saying and do the visuals and things like that and that must be such a a blessing and an asset to be able to have the creative things in-house and be able to have control over that aspect of the brand and the message it goes back to this whole new jersey thing about like authenticity and integrity
1: if it wasn't us doing it we would be that much more separated from making sure that the final product that's out there like the final pieces of art that we put out into the world are actually us yeah you know but even in like the live world, for instance, on a technical level, like Nate will be doing stuff like soldering cables and snakes for us, you know? And like it's kind of like people talk about recipes and like they're like, what's the secret ingredient? And they're like, it's love. And and that's kind of a big part of it for us. Like that little mark is small in the moment, but all those things across all the many things that we do as artists become this one big compounded thing that leads back to who we
2: are as people yeah it should just feel like it was made by some friends you know like got you know guys who are just who are just friends who are out here uh doing it now but uh but weren't (laughs) you know weren't at one point and 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 i think just to to land the plane with that whole thing it it does circle back to the let me touch your fire moment because like i said we were our whole thing was like we were going to develop you know we were positive that we had a better model that we had a better model than a lot of things that we had seen that say you know we can develop things from zero to a hundred if we just get our shit together you know if we put all the pieces in the right order it's like we can do everything that people spend lots of money and time on and get you know uh half the product that we could spend half the money and get double the product on so like you know it, it it's it for us it was always like let's just be you know either a like a media group or a development group or a a consulting thing or just like some ways to direct creativity, you know? So it was never in our mind that, you know, we were going to be the artists and we were going to be the dudes who were like, you know, oh yeah, you know, we, we did it, you know, it's like, we pulled it together. So that when we made that song, the idea came about saying, hey, listen, making this song was fun. Do you want to just make a few more? And no one's ever going to fucking hear it but do you want to just make a few more songs like this because it was a fun experience so that when it did to, you know, get the traction it did online because of the mediums that we have available today, um, when it did get the traction it did, we were all, and still are, just like, what? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I was going to say, in all of the interviews and
0: features that I've seen with you guys, you're always very conscious to keep in mind and tell people that you don't want your art to be put on a pedestal and you're just like the boys from New Jersey and to always keep that human connection aspect and i'm extremely glad that it led to let me touch your fire for selfish reasons as well because i listen <laughs> to that song fuck yeah dude in a lot of different places and when i'm in the car i work out to that song like when the heavy synths come in at the end and Putting i some like fucking an reps up. there you go yeah. fam there Never you go leave you on the water. yeah <laughs> no. yeah
2: and you know, uh, th- that's yeah, that's like that...
0: such a dynamic song it has so many like it, the i feel like the whole song is a, a a buildup for me towards the end it can hit so many different like levels of my consciousness I don't know if that's the right phrase but in different mindsets
2: it makes sense man because you know we all have our connections to things like that and music like that and I think that that's the cool thing about our music is that we don't have that connection to our music, you know? Our music is literally just a bunch of homies having fun. The connection that we have to our music comes from within us. It's our personal experiences that we help each other get out of ourselves and express ourselves and, and just have this time as friends and then go do something fun and creative and and put it on paper, so to speak, right? And just, you know, and, and get it out. And it's a fun activity for us. And that's that's kind of where it stopped. The minute it started, you know, we, we did the song and then, you know, as far as how we took it for ourselves, it's exactly where it stopped. And it never became anything more than that to us. And I think that that's why it's a weird, it's a weird thing to say, man. Right. Because like, I feel like everybody in the world who gets to sit in that chair for a second, the first thing they always want to say, you know, for the cool factor, the off factor is like you know, hey, man, we're just homies and we're we're friends, you know, hey, we're people too, right? And it's like, no shit, Sherlock, I a fucking person. But the point is, is like, wh- how do you treat what it is you do? And unfortunately, a lot of people that that are, that that sort of get to sit in that seat, they, they kind of always saw themselves like that. They always wanted it. They get there. And then I feel like sometimes they lose sight of how fun it can just be if it's just you having, having, having some homie time, you know, and that's what we tried to keep. It's like, when we, when we played MSG, like, a lot of people
1: were like, oh, that must be your dream. And, like, obviously playing MSG is epic. And for us, it felt epic. But at the same time, it's not like this, it was this goal for us to, like, be on that platform. Yeah. It was just a result of doing what we do and enjoying what we do and staying true to ourselves, yeah, yeah
2: like a byproduct of yeah. the overall long term vision. Like the dream is a, such a fucking strong word, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like you, go, you're living the dream. It's like I show up to fucking work every day, like everyone else does, man. I just, mm-hmm. I just enjoy my job, like. But a dream, if you want to talk about being a person, like, what was your dream going up, Nate? Uh, doing this. Yeah, but it wasn't this though, right? <laughs> talking about preservatives what, and jams on podcasts. Yeah. Because you've said this before and I, I always appreciate it. You were like, yeah, I always just wanted to play fucking basement shows uh, and yeah, fucking, like, you know.
3: When I was 13, my mom, she comes up to me. She's like, so uh, what do you want to do for us? Yet? Like, you know, where are you going to college? Like, what do you think about? Like, I don't know. You know, i about buying a van and just driving around playing music. And uh, she cried herself to sleep that night, but it's okay because she loves it now.
2: <laughs> and it's funny because go. that that's... So that right there, right, is what you think, oh, so you're doing it now. And it's like, you know, it, 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 on, on a level, um, if if we're being quirky, then yes, but no, right? It's like, you, you guys understand, you're running a, a brand. So are we. There's so much that goes into it. It's not just this one thing. So, you know, and for me, it's like, I, I was going to be a fucking pilot. I was going to be a naval pilot when I grew up. That was always my fucking dream, right? And then the month before Arizona sort of had its spike on YouTube and Spotify, we just took a summer to make some songs and we were going to stop after that. I was going to go to school to become a history teacher. You know what I mean? Like, and then when this happened for us, it wasn't like, fucking finally. It was like, oh shit, what? And it was like, yeah, so how long you been a great band? Like, how long you guys been like a band for? Like, band, right? Like, band. And we're like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, you know well, what I mean? Like, we we yeah, never played we,
0: our shows. We, uh, we talk about this all the time, uh, especially with artists. Just how the dream versus the the hard work, and how most people only see a small slice of an artist's life, which is that time on stage. And then mm-hmm. it kind of goes So well, now with social media. You have more of an insight into what people are doing, so you can choose whether or not you want to show a certain amount of your life or not. But before that, you could see someone for an hour, kind of disappear, and then you come back. So like all that the audience knows is kind of that like rock
2: star aesthetic, like to them. And what's your take on that? What, what's your take on social media and, and the, and the, and the, 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 choice of portrayal.
0: I've recently had a, a love hate relationship with social media because I know it's a, a powerful tool, but I'm trying to find that happy medium where I'm using it as a tool and I'm, I'm not letting it affect my overall sense of self and, and, Mental health. Like, I don't want to derive a, a sense of well being or a sense of negativity from social media. <clears throat> I, d- I want it to be a, a tool and figure out the best way to use it as a tool to spread what I'm doing or, or for s- someone else to spread, uh, reach more people, whatever they're doing. I, do you have two accounts? I have a, have a personal, personal one and a, and a business one. one yeah. Delete your
2: fucking personal account. Delete the personal account? That's what I just did a month ago, two months ago, whatever it was. Yeah. Best decision of my life. And how, do, how have you felt? Sometime? Amazing. However, I'm also kind of breaking one of my rules, right? Because like I didn't put this on anybody, and I also didn't want to be that guy who's like, you know, fucking, you should delete your shit. Blah, blah. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not out here fucking. No, but we're. I Whatever. mean, we're talking
1: about it. It's I mean, completely relevant. Zach totally like when he did it. I was like, and because like he didn't tell any of us. Yeah. So one day I tried to like tag him in something, and I was like, what the heck is my phone broken? Like, and then I like Google it, and then I'm like, or not Google it. I search it in Instagram. <laughs> everything is Google if it's a search um, and uh, his tag didn't come up and his page was gone and I was like oh my god he did it and like we were talking about it and he was like if you had the p- chance right now like right now one click would you delete your Instagram yeah and I paused paused yeah. <laughs> pause. and I paused and uh and he was like you see like that pause
2: that shouldn't have that power It's like man.
1: that's the power it has and like for me I was like You know, I paused as a, I mean, for me, like, I don't think it was ever, like, a vain thing because I've had, like, social media fast before. And, like, that's really helped me dictate my habits. So, like, for me, personally, like, it differs from, like, the way it affects Zach's life. But I also saw his argument. You know what I mean?
2: Well, basically, what I was coming from, and Nate, you and I had this conversation at the studio the following day, right? Because I asked you, I was like, do you still use your personal Instagram? Right, and you were like, not really, but it's kind of sitting there. Right, is that so you said something like that, or
3: I'm honestly not sure, bro, but it was probably something along those lines. It was like what, no uh, November? Yeah, something like that.
2: Yeah. yeah, and I was pretty dark in November, you know. And 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 for me, the, my point was I wanted I wanted to lead it right. My mind was made up because I love the fact that we get to use things like social media to reach people with what we do because for us it's fun but like people it hits home with people like you were saying like it, you have a connection to, to to music and that helps you throughout your day in, in a lot of ways and, and, and I think that that's something that is great about you know music in general and the fact that it's so easy to get music to people these days it's a wonderful thing but you're spreading the word about what you're doing great but that's on a specific platform right like a specific uh, an account rather and then we have our Instagrams, right? And it's like, go into your Instagram and look at the shit that you're posting that people are posting. And I would do that from my experience. I was looking at the people that I would follow and I'd look at my Instagram and I was like, so it's all just me on some good days. And I'm looking at other people, oh, it's just them on some good days. And I'm like, man, that's one thing. And then the other thing is like any downtime I have in my day, I'm just fucking scrolling. And I was like, cool, I'm done. I'm going to delete this. I don't need this shit. This is stupid. I'm going to get rid of it, right? This is me. And I went to go delete it. Number one, cannot delete it from the app. Have to go on desktop, right? Go on so desktop. You can't delete you your You cannot delete from the your Instagram account from the, from the mobile app. So they make it as hard as possible to delete. Go to the desktop app. Try, you go to the desktop site. Try to delete it. It asks you a million fucking questions. And then it gets you through to the very end of it. And it says, cool, man. So listen, why don't you just deactivate it though? Because if you delete it, you'll never get your username back. And 15 minutes later, I'm like, What why the fuck? What I just want to delete this. Like, why are you making it so difficult for me? And the thing is that, you know, it's like And then they'll be like, so and so will miss you.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just stupid. So the point is just does like it actually say that? Your friends are gonna miss the Facebook Facebook, oh, yeah. definitely Facebook says does that. that. Yeah. You it's like it. It. so oh, so and got emails like that before. You. Like you haven't been on I see you haven't been on this whatever for a while. And what like, and what is it really? You.
2: What is it really? Is it that your friends are going to fucking miss you? Or is the ad fucking dollars going to miss you, dude? You know what I mean? No one gives a shit about your well-being. It's all fucking ad money, right? So the point is, is like, that's great. And I love, love the fact that you're able to do that, right? It's a great business model. You know, it's like you basically made fucking uh, marketing companies almost obsolete because you go to a marketing company and you say, hey, listen, I have this uh, product. I want to sell this. I'm going to give you a fucking deck. Go ahead take this and ta- and focus group this. Target this to people and and put this picture in front of a, a, you know, a million people. And then let me know how they feel about it, right? Would you pay to do that of a picture of you just to see if people liked you? Fuck no. But it's free on Instagram, so you do it. And that's all you're mm-hmm. doing every day. You're just marketing yourself every day. You're like, well, hey, even, check this out. Even
0: Spotify has adopted the like or… Dislike right for the song, the individual songs. Now you can press instead of just saving a song. You can press the green heart. Oh, yeah, they changed it to a heart,
3: heart or the bring back. Didn't they used to
2: have the heart? They no, used was, to it have a star. It used to be a star. Star. Yeah. It, it's mean, a, it's all just learning who I'm, you are and I'm how not, to market things to you, which is fine. But
1: it's, it's it's different though with social media because it's like I think the real challenge was that people were changing their lifestyles around to accommodate um, this this platform that you know they don't make this is like most people aren't making money off of it right but they're devoting their time into it like yeah. they do yeah and it's like it's just an unhealthy measure like if you tie your self-worth into that mm-hmm. that's not worth
0: it yeah, yeah. well I, I like the idea of taking fast like you were saying david and i need to be better about that i recently set the timer to 10 minutes a day oh sick i was probably averaging. Maybe an hour, an hour and a half, and then that thing pops up now where it's like you've been on Instagram for ten yeah. minutes, so I'm just like, right, I should probably yeah. get off, but uh just like getting away from the city and maybe just not going on social media for three days or a weekend or a yeah. week, whatever yeah. it is, just so you have that balance of like All right, this is what feel it feels great, like man. to not have to check up on people or feel... not feel like people are checking up on you. I've done it a few oh, times, f- but i need I
2: need to do it more and so uh
0: good. and like if you're gonna be on it, like actually
1: communicate with the people that you love and care, yeah actually do that you know what it's, i mean
2: it's a very interesting way to explore sort of the whole human condition you know what i mean which is like what are the lessons you're looking for in life to further you and, and what what things matter to you you know and i think that that's well funny enough not to softball that segway in there or anything but the king of oh, that segway is. <laughs> not to softball that yeah. in but but on that note like, scooter
1: king right here thing- <laughs> <laughs>
2: segway <laughs> never rode one of those um the the things like that that we've been going through in our in our lives individually have actually funny enough and again because our entire musical and creative process is just kind of a reflection of us as homies and kind of what we're going through at the time that's where, that's where that stops kind of took on the theme of like this whole new album that, that we essentially got no progress on for like 80% of the time that we were supposed to be working on it and then the last 20% took entire shape and even this this song that's coming out Or I guess by the time this is out, it's out. So like even the song that's out now that we put out and then the rest of the records, like they all explore these weird, difficult parts of the human condition. So find someone um, is breakup song, like anything else, I suppose. But it's about you sort of being the shitty person in a relationship. And like, not that you gave a fuck about what you were doing per se, but it's the fact that you were the bad guy, right? No one likes to be the bad guy, but you're the bad guy, and you have to come to terms with the fact that, like, hey, that was you, man. Like, you were the you were the bad guy.
1: It's it's a funny kind of faint realization to make, that, yeah. Like, because it's like you don't actually care about what happened. It's really more just the realization that, like, uh, oh, I was the bad guy in this situation. Yeah,
2: and I'm not supposed to be the bad. I'm supposed to be a good guy, right? So, yeah. like, there's that, and then like a lot of the other songs that we ended up deciding on on this album to to be what it is were um either first person things like that, or they were more third person, like, like what she wants is a song that we put out as one of the first three singles. And, and, and summer days were we're both kind of third person, whereas in freaking out was, was, um, was a sort of single, you know, it was like a first person thing where it was just like, you know, it's, it's okay to have a song. that's entirely just about you losing your fucking shit. And it's cool. Who gives a fuck, right? It's okay to not be all right, you know? And, um, one of the, what you the songs that like
1: Zach wrote about me like, <laughs> that haven't been released you yet, know, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's calling the, me the, out. It's called the what what
2: you love you want. Um, <laughs> uh, No, but yeah, like you know, ha- having having the the having the the moments to explore some of the tougher lessons or, or or you know paths left less traveled within yourself and going down those and finding those. And I know this sounds like the explanation of every fucking albums everybody has ever been made ever, but but seriously, the point is is that like. You know, if 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 we were gonna approach the really difficult task of making a second album, because everyone's like, "Oh, second album, it's gonna be your worst fucking album that you're gonna make." Sophomore slump, whatever. Yeah, it's like the whole cliche of uh, yeah. you have your whole life to make your first album, your second one is gonna suck. But like, exactly. everyone, everyone always says that exactly. And and so we decided. Well, you know, what, we're just gonna we're just gonna throw it back. We're just gonna we're gonna just go back to being homies. And and if we're gonna um and if we're gonna put together this album, we want to make sure that we get something out of this, most importantly. So who gives a fuck what it does? We just want to make sure we get something out of this. And so the songs that we focused on to actually dig into um, were ones that were like, oh, that's kind of a fucked up song. Or like, oh, that's kind of like a weird topic. Or that's kind of like, you know, uh, an interesting experience. Um, and we just, you turn, it, you turn that around by just making them bops, by making them jams, having fun with the production, you know? Well, but, like
0: you were saying with with Freaking Out, some people have referred to it as an anthem for anxiety and it hits on a lot of those feelings that come with depression, anxiety, mental health issues. But the actual aesthetic of the song is something that's very upbeat. Like you can play it, have a good time to it. So a lot of times my favorite songs are tracks that have that sort of separation where the, maybe the lyrical content, like if you read the lyrics without the music, you'd be like, "Oh, it's kind of, take sad. on me aha uh-huh. yeah and then but when you dancing hear the song, in song you're like oh like, i can scene. dance to this like i'm sad but i'm yeah. dancing like yeah. everyone wants to put like
1: a shiny diamond in the middle of their ring but like for us it's like let's yeah. let's face like the deepest darkest parts yeah. of our hearts and our lives yeah and then like let's let's go ahead and like embellish that with
2: gold yeah just celebrate being you know? fucked up celebrate not not being all there all the time and not doing not, not always doing the right thing you know And on that, like, sort of anxiety, mental health tip, like,
1: I think a lot of what we've been doing in this album has been this sort of self-reflection, like, finding our identity over again. You know, this happens in such a sort of whirlwind for us that we had to take inventory and take stock with ourselves and check in with
0: each other and be like, how are you doing? Yeah. Speaking of finding your identity over again, mm. I mm. came across your guys' vlog on the segways. YouTube, YouTube channel all day. Ooh. Segways. I'm fucking and it glad. doesn't get enough views. I'm glad. I, 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 I like those. Uh, yeah. Those clinical H and M runs. like yeah. Before oh, shows. Yeah, dude. The vlog that I saw first. We've put H and M on the map pretty fucking. Oh heavy yeah. During this they, they should pass. be paying you. Yeah. They where's the yeah. brand be deal, you guys? Let's go. You know
1: what? We're going to Stockholm.
3: Like, oh, no, it's already in the works. So we, just, uh, <laughs> It's like, like it's uh,
0: done. I'm emailing the guy. But right yeah, now. no, those, those vlogs um, are special. The, yeah. So the first episode I saw, I think it was the actual first episode of the vlog, spoke about building a makeshift studio in Zach's mom's Toyota Corolla. Yeah. And going around the country, filming and making music to kind of prove to people that even if you don't have, or even if you think you don't have the needs to accomplish your vision, You really do, and and at some level, at least. And the the reason why I speak of, uh, or I used, uh, kind of refining your identity or or reforming your identity to segue is because you guys said that you lost the film. Yeah, you lost all the footage from that trip. Yeah, and obviously you decided to start over again and keep going. But in that moment. What was going through your minds when oh, that got shit? it got stolen? It got well. That's a story. Yeah. In short, know.
3: though, there's no sh- way to. You could the story you short. could do the
2: long form if you want. We, this is a long
0: form uh, interview.
2: We we um, give a USB port for that. My 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 family. We may
0: for everyone listening. Zach is charging. I'm just his trying. To, dual. I'm just to You just charge uh, my I was dual like, there's in a laptop, laptop right, right front of uh-huh. me. I was about to go through. It.
2: Uh, we, well, so 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 we. Nowhere to work at first, right? I'm gonna to try to bullet point this, and then I'm gonna to toss the juicy part to Nate, just so we can keep it focused. because he's better. He's better at the juicy part than I am. But we had nowhere to work. Nate and I had just moved back from England, and we had nowhere to work because there was no like real studio or anything. We were broke as fuck. We were like living in my aunt's like spare bedroom. You know, my my mother's in the trailer. Like Dave was working all the time. Like Zach Nate and I had was just back gotten home. over some beef. Yeah, like Dave and I hadn't spoken in a long time, yeah. not because something happened per se. We just kind of drifted apart for those years that we were whatever. You and then, like,
1: like, you don't see someone and like it becomes beef just because.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. So, <laughs> so, so essentially my mom had this, this, um, this old fucking busted ass hoop D. And I was like, yo, let me just grab my gear, hook it up to the tape deck converter and grab some makeshift like stuff on like garbage night off the curb and cut stuff and saw stuff and just build some consoles and shit inside this, 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 uh this car. And uh, let's see if it works. Right. And and it did. So we were like, yo, this is great. We had made, let me touch your fire and like a couple other demos, but we weren't like, let's do Arizona. It's gonna be fucking lit. We were just like, yeah, like, cool. We have some songs. It was fun. We'll get back to it at some point, but we really wanted to do something. So we, we um, had a friend of ours that was, he had like a, like a relatively big YouTube channel. And we were like, yo, like, and he was our he was he was our homie. So we were like, yo, like let's all get together, let's crowdfund like a thousand bucks to just get uh, another old busted ass Toyota Corolla, right? Because I can't take my fucking mom's car, right? So we'll get another Corolla, we'll, we'll build the fuck out of it, we'll grab some GoPros that that we have just lying around, and we'll we'll take this thing on a little route around like a good part of the country and make an episode per city of just pulling up in cities, showing the so, showing the cities, getting to know the people. And just finding some music and just like, bring yo, hop in, let's jam, let's make a jam and just make a track in the city with like a musician in that city, right in the car and just show people like, yo, we are broke as all of the fucks and we're still out here on the road, traveling, somehow affording it, you know, just, just barely. And we have ways that can make music and record and do stuff and like still put stuff out. It's just like, you don't, you don't, you don't need a whole bunch of stuff to just do something meaningful, right? That was the idea. So we get to one city. We do it. It was like Tennessee. We get to another city. We do it. It was some other shit. Then we get all the way down to New Orleans, right? And we were um, with our now, now he's our tour manager, another 15 years, 16 year, whatever friend named named Dan Avery. It was me, Nate, our boy Dan, and our friend Josh with YouTube, um, who was actually our drummer for a short period of time. We get down to New Orleans. We get invited out. To go to a bar that night. We go to that bar. Mm. And uh, Nate, you gotta just take it's it away.
1: Here's where it starts getting spicy. <laughs> Nate's uh, got the juicy part. details.
3: So we get invited to this bar. Uh, a friend, a friend's father owned it. Like, yo, know, my dad owns this bar. It's great. Go check it out. Like, it's a cool jazz club. Have you ever been to New Orleans? Like, you know how like most of the bars there. I've not, but he's And, and to we're New not Orleans, gonna, and has. we're not
2: gonna mention names on on what happened to who. We're just gonna say.
3: We, uh, so a lot of bars in New Orleans all have like two floors and a balcony and we're all on the second floor, hanging out, drinking, chilling. And one of our friends comes walking through the bar with a lit cigarette and in New Orleans, you can't smoke in bars. And we look at him we're like, yo, bro, like
2: you can get shithoused in the street, but you can't smoke. Yeah. In bars. Like,
3: like, don't, don't take it outside, bro. Like take it out to the balcony. You're like, okay. He walks up to the balcony and it's me and one friend, we're like sitting at a table and to my peripheral, to my right, we can see the balcony. My friend's like looking out to the balcony, and he just goes, "I, I can't, I can't go, I can't go look." He just fell off the balcony, man. You need to go look. I, I can't. I, and I'm like, "All right." And it's like one of those moments where like you immediately
2: just like sober up, yeah. super, super quick. Our boy literally just went. So
3: I walk over off the balcony, second, second I walk, I walk over I walk at the balcony. I peek over the ledge, and I just go, "That's that's him." Roll back to the balcony. Just I grab, out. I grab that, and I go. Yeah
0: hey man, we got to go. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. 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 Homie just literally fell off the balcony. And I was like, what? It was like two stories. Like So, so he's unconscious at so this point. Yeah. Or, like, he's or like, fucking or dead. dead. You don't or, know. Don't he's unconscious. Know. So we get So we get downstairs. And uh, we have all the, the gear. Right? We have like our GoPros. We have like some other bullshit, whatever. Massive crowd. Massive crowd around. around it. You know, we get in. So I'm like, I put my stuff down next to me on the sidewalk. And Nate and I get through this crowd of people and we're like yo dude yo 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 like and we're trying not to move him a lot and shit like that and um and uh like i just wanted to see if we just wanted to see if he was going to respond to us cuz like my i grew up my mother was an EMT her whole life i studied with her for all her tests and shit like that so like the worst thing you could do is fucking move somebody cuz their neck could be fucked up so you just like i was like yo yo and then we got like one noise out of him and i was like he's fucking alive might be paralyzed might be fucking brain damaged but he's alive i was like fuck, right? Long story short, ambulance comes, throws him in the back, spends a night in the hospital. We get back to the Airbnb we were staying at. It was like a converted bus or something. Awake all night, packing our shit, Nate, getting our Nate shit together. Nate texts me
1: and he's like, yo, pray for homeboy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what happened? What? Yeah, because like, oh my God, a big long thing. Get back to the hospital after this big long waiting period in the morning. Long story short, he was. He cracked his collarbone and he had a little bit of like brain swelling or something from the, so, from the just fall. just a little yeah. brain damage. Nothing to It wasn't. So it could have been brain swelling. damage, but, but it, it, was, it was like one of those in-between things where like what you have can be very fucking bad or it can just go away. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know. Yeah. But other than that, alive and kicking and just hung over and being an that, asshole. That's pretty, like, pretty good shape for falling I? off the balcony. Pretty good shape. Straight up, dude. However... So we're like, cool, we have to go home, dude, like we can't continue this trip because you're not in the shape to do it. So we get a flight for him. He goes back home, we hop in the car, we bomb it to meet him at the airport. It's like 20 something hour drive from New Orleans. We finally get up here. we collect all of our shit. He's okay, trip over, emergency averted, everything's fine, doctor checkups on him, you know that for the rest of the month or whatever, and he was okay. However, as soon as we got in the car that night to just head and start running around and figure out what was going on, we realized that both of the GoPros, all the SD cards and everything just got swiped while in in the confusion. Went back to find them where they were, whatever, just gone. Nobody at the bar had them. They were gone. So the entire half of that trip that we had done with all that cool shit and all the fucking blah, blah, gone. And we came back pretty defeated and we were like, well, fuck, Uh, there goes that. But at least you're alive. And that's when we kind of, all three of us, you know, we hit up, we hit up Dave and we were getting together and blah, blah. And we were like, hey man, so the summer's coming up. We all just came to the agreement. All right, take the summer, you know, just take leave from work, take leave from your life, take leave from this, take leave from that. You have enough, we all have enough saved up for the summer. Just take the summer, just make like five songs, six songs, just for fun. And then when we're done, we're done. I'm gonna go to school. You know, these guys are going to continue their lives and we'll just call it a day. But at least we went out our own way. We had fun. We just said that at least through all of it, we we're able to do the one project that we always had fun with and and, and we would do that. And it turned out to be Arizona. And uh, we, you know, we, we met Jake that, that summer because he found us on Reddit or something. We posted a small little cover video. He found us. He became part of the crew. He'd come over. We'd hang out. We just broke down in a basement dude, every day for the summer couple months and literally within that three month period and we're talking 15 years of producing a whole bunch of shit blah blah nothing no one gives a fuck doesn't matter good luck have fun no one cares within those three months of just doing our own thing went out on spotify jake emailed a bunch of people got it got it featured on a big youtube blog and um took off within that month i think like the last month it's like august basically july and august and then um end of august into september we got a phone call from atlantic and apg and they said we love you guys to talk about it so yeah, we were, right at Atlanta, like, and we and were like yeah in we the were, building right now straight up and and it was just like what, what the fuck really and um, it led to us signing the deal that December and we we became just like that literally in that small period of time so like basically this entire podcast was outlining everything in our life before that and then that little three month period went from being this and didn't exist to mm-hmm. now we're Arizona and we're still riding that day right now. So that's kind of how that so It's became. like a crazy <laughs> just feel lip switch. switch just feels like that for us. You know, it's like we're still adjusting to the fact that the lights just got turned on. We're like, what the fuck? You know, like
1: and one of the feelings I have to fight all the time is like feeling like I don't belong in a place.
2: Yeah, dude. It's because
1: crazy. like I think for a lot of people like they get here, it feeds their ego. They're like, yeah, I'm finally an artist. I made it. I'm signed. You know what I mean? And for us, we're like, yo, low-key, don't tell anyone, but like, we kind of just stepped into this. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and like, I think, I mean, and it's definitely like, I'm I'm no longer at the point where like, I tell myself that I don't deserve to be here, but I definitely encounter the feeling and I have to yeah. deal with it a lot. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, where it's like, no, dude, like, there's a reason why you're here. Yeah. Um. And so, like, I can walk more confidently in this journey um rather than either feeling down on myself or feeling I don't belong or feeling like I'm the ish, yeah,
2: yeah, and I think uh, you know, I know it's been very long long winded for for you guys to sort of no, sit no, through that's, our what, that's why whole we're, that's
0: why we're a podcast life
2: story, but but i I think that now that we're sort of caught up the present day you know and, and we're about to release this this new album and, and and we're sort of now midway through this cycle of being being a band and you know being you know in, in a position of influence I think the to land this whole plane here I think the one thing that has turned it around for us to make it not so weird not so like oh crazy right we're a fucking band high five like the one thing that has sort of in, in doubt upon us like a little bit of the responsibility of what it is is playing shows And having people come up to us and say the things that they say and and, and to learn how you've impacted people and to take that really big, cool number on a screen that you see like, oh shit, look at all these streams. Like, it's crazy. Like, we have this, we have that. And then put faces to that in person. And you're like, oh, fuck, man. Like, this is, this is real. And, you know, for us, it's, it's not, it's not not meaningful. Like, you know, it, it is meaningful to us, but. Man, not in the way that some of these people own it themselves. Some
1: of these people, I I remember one show where this fan was like, and he looked like a healthy dude. And he was like, yo, I just got through like my first round of chemo and like listening to your music got me through it. And I was like, yo, like you're young and like you look healthy. Yeah. But the dude had cancer. And he was like, he was like, but your music.
2: Is helping me get through this. And that's the important part. I think that I'm we like, Whoa. that we tend to realize ourselves that, like, it, you know, this is not us. This is just the music, which is just a, an extension of an experience that happened to befall us. But we are the messengers, dog, you know? Mm-hmm. David, I wanna
0: talk about a conversation that I read about that you had with your parents at a, a pivotal moment after a show. Yeah. That kind of changed the conversation with your parents about the music and it sounded like your parents' relationship with your pursuits or, or the music. And and please correct me in any aspect if I'm wrong, because not everything you read is true, obviously on the internet, but it sounded like your parents aren't <laughs> <Nonsense. had> much.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything true. is true on the internet. Everything's true. Everything but it always. sounded like
0: your parents made a much deeper connection to the music after that show for whatever reason. And I'm interested in that because... I've had similar conversations with my parents about things in podcasts, interview land, where I'm trying to make a full-time gig out of it and, and unrealistic expectations versus you know what is really possible to do in that lane. For you, what, what was that conversation like and how did your parents' understanding or relationship with what you do change after that show?
1: I think like, for my parents, they're like, they came here from the Philippines. They were like, you know, uh, we brought you over here. You like, you were born here so that you could have a better life and all this opportunity and you could be taken care of. And I think their biggest fear about going into music and having me leave my job was just like lack of stability. No insurance, you know, no Roth IRA, whatever, 401k.
2: Thank you, SAG, by the way, for the insurance.
1: Um, yeah, big shout out. But <laughs> shout um, out, SAG. Whatchamacallit. So my parents, like, they like got it and they like pseudo-supported me. Like, because my father didn't get to go to school for what he wanted to go to school for. My dad really wanted to be a mechanical engineer. But in his large family, he already had, like, they already had one. Like, my grandfather was like, no, uh, we already have an engineer in the family. And so, you're going to be an accountant. And like, so for him, he was like, I've always wanted to do what I love to do. But I kind of got forced into this. So he was like, I never want you to feel that way. I want you to feel like, you know, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. So like, they've always been supportive, but they've always been like, how is it going financially? Are you going to be okay? And it was always in a little bit of like a more not always positive frame of mind. And like for my parents, they're like, someone's got to tell you the truth. But for me, it's like, I don't feel supported or I didn't feel as supported at that point in time. It's like, I know you mean well. But like low key, this is making me question my own life in like a way that like, you know, when you're just beginning to do something, you have to take it to a certain threshold before you can say like,
2: this will or will not happen. That's a theme, dude. People, people deal with that. Yeah. You know, acceptance is really important when it comes from the right fucking person. And, and, and the, the lack of that can yeah. be paralyzing when you're trying to focus and push forward and do something. Like, I know you had dealt with that for fucking ever. And you were saying you were dealing with that. You had the similar thing, right? You said your mom came out to a show and she was super happy and blah blah, blah, but she was kind of iffy about it for like a second or something. Or
3: no, not that my mom has ever been like unsupportive. Like I've, my parents have always known that I've wanted to do music. They've always been supportive. It's I think when they finally saw me starting to do it for real, though, it just made them happy to see me like actually making something out of it and not just you know talking about it. Because you
2: got to be able to run a business too, which I'm sure what they're concerned
1: about as well. With my parents, that was what they were concerned with. But then it was, I remember we were playing two shows at the Troubadour and we were opening for Coin, who we love. Like they're like family to us. But the thing is, the first show was completely sold out just by their fans alone. Mm -hmm. And we weren't even announced at that point. So literally everyone there was a Coin fan. And... Mm -hmm. No one really cared about what we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, we felt like we bombed that first night. Like, we thought, oh, my gosh. We just, like, totally fumbled the whole night. Like... It's hard to play the statues. So, the next day, we were like, we're going to hit them super hard. We've got to bounce back. And, like, literally, this was the same night that I tell everyone Zach really turned into a front man.
0: It was that same night. This is the transformation, the front man transformation. And like
1: it literally was electric in the room. Like we hit our set and just like every, there was just an energy and everyone could feel it. And like, I think that's when my parents understood because they saw, and it like, it's just like the Spotify numbers, right? Like for us, that was just a metric for such a long time. And it didn't feel real until we started meeting our fans at shows. And I think it was kind of the same way for my parents. Like, they were like, oh, these numbers are whatever. And like, you barely make whatever money per stream. Like, this is going to be a long road. But then they saw that we could affect hearts and minds. And I think that's when it clicked for them too. Because they felt the electricity in the room. And so now my mom still asks business questions, of course. And she'll be like, Thabid, how's it going? How's your, <laughs> how's your album? Are you, uh, oh, are you in the God. studio? Oh, when are you going God. to be in… But they live in like San yeah. Diego now. So they'll be like, <laughs> when you're in LA, you know, maybe you have an up day. You can come down here to San Diego. And you know, you can come and <laughs> an we, can, we can cook. We can make some food. And like… Food. And like, now it's totally different because having their support it was like a weight off my shoulders because one of the biggest things growing up and like it, it's like very similar to like this, like, you know, um, well, it's stereotypical. This like Asian parent pressure of like, they did so much sacrifice to like give you this kind of life that like you feel like you have to repay it. But like as soon as they began to like show me that they accepted it, it's like I was able to like walk more confidently doing music and being an artist.
0: Bringing away from like that kind of stereotype, like you were saying, being comfortable. Not, Not from your perspective, but like your parents seeing that too, that change. But like, I think it took them a while.
1: And like, I honestly don't necessarily have the answer to like that key. I think for my parents, like I've always tried to be open with them and I've always tried to be like, understanding of their perspective as parents and like that's the kind of grain of salt that you have to take it with it's like for me like i always want to respect their point of view but also they're your parents and not you like there's a duality to it you can definitely fully respect your parents but not necessarily do everything they say they're not they're not uh exclusive to each other respecting
2: yeah. people and making people happy are two different fucking things yeah. man that's it yeah you know what i mean make yourself happy you know and always be a good person and respect people and and make sure that you're you're being straight up and you're being forthcoming and and, and whatnot and definitely if, definitely try to w- walk the the straightest path you can but at the end of the day you have to do things for you it just really fucking helps when people support you in that
0: endeavor another perfect segue speaking of respect i have to respect your guys time because i know you have other things to do and and you've been so gracious to come in and and allow us to talk to you about your story and and share and the last question that i have for you guys the last quick question could be you could draw on this answer from personal experience it could come from music could be a combination of both if you had the power to globally broadcast to everyone uh, in people's earbuds, you appear on their screen, whatever medium they're listening to or watching, if you could get a message across to everyone at the same time, what few words would you want that message to be?
2: Oh, dude, we say it every every time we play Let Me Touch Your Fire. Every time we play Let Me Touch Your Fire, we tell, we tell the story of how this happened for us. Um, and we always like to end it by saying if you're not doing what you love with the people you love, you are wasting your time and it's not designed to be a quote for the ages or anything. It's just doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. You know, it's like you, uh, you have a short as a, as a history dude, right? You got a short amount of time here and, uh, you got to put it forward into the world you have to leave a mark and the responsibility to do so is not necessarily the opposite of giving your time to things you love you know you don't have to you don't have to give up your dreams to go do something impactful i think more often than not especially in our experience it's been one and the same it's been the only way to do it you know, the only way to make a real impact for us has been to do the thing that we've always wanted to do. And I think it's simple science it's because you give your all to it. So if you're not doing what you love with the people that you care about, then what are you doing? On that
0: note, I think that's a perfect ending. <laughs> if Thanks. you're not doing what you love with who you love, then you're wasting your time. And I just want to say thank you to Atlantic Records for having us to... Jessica, Page, and Jake for helping to set up this interview. I really do appreciate it, guys, even though we ran over time. Yeah. It's all good, man. It's all good. But nice. uh, yeah, thank you, guys. And I cannot wait for the single and the upcoming album and the video single with the album, mini turtles. If you don't know what video, I'm talking about, you got
2: to go check it out. Oh, man. Uh, tour, lots of touring this year. So come out and yes. see us. All uh, right. Thanks, guys. Sick.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode with Arizona. They just dropped a new jam called Find Someone, as well as a music video. We all need to find someone, so go find that link in the description of this podcast. And if you love this podcast, we would love if you could rate, subscribe, and leave a comment on iTunes or on whatever platform you're listening. This helps us get more hard-to-reach listeners and do bigger and better things, which means that we can keep bringing the best conversations to you. And we love what we do. Until next time.
2: I met you When I sneak back in the bed And you said I love you Now in this house Blood runs cold